Hello. Hello. Who are you? I am Megan, the Admiral's wife. You are indeed. So this is a sort of special edition of uh, of the Macabcast Addendum podcast here that we're that we're recording. It's been about a month, maybe a little bit longer, since we came back from Macau. And um, folks that have listened to the show obviously know that uh, this was my third trip, but the first time that my wife had come along with me. So. I thought it'd be fun to have her on and um, talk a little bit about the stuff that she thought that was interesting. And so I thank you for uh, being willing to do it. You're very welcome. Um, so I guess we'll just dive right in. You have obviously heard me talk about Macau for years and had sort of suffered through two previous trips uh, where I was gone on my own. Um, this is your first time going, so how did it compare with what you expected? The whole trip, or like the... Whatever, however you want to take it, the overall, or if there's anything in particular, um, just, I, I think it's just as a general thing. Well, the whole reason I went was because you were thinking about going again for a third time, and asked me if that was okay if you go, which, personally, of course it's okay. Always. Yep. Thank you. Um, but a week after, I was thinking about it, and I remember asking you, do you think I would like it? Because if you like it so much, then why wouldn't I like it? And 40 minutes later, I had a ticket. Yep. Um, I'll say, first off, that I'm not the best traveler, <laughs> and um, very impatient and that was a long travel time. Yeah. Long travel time. I remember being kind of nasty to you in the mall. Well. Dragging our suitcases from the train, from the plane, to the port. We made it. That was the most important thing. Yes, we did. Um, Macau is bigger than I thought. I was expecting it to be like a Vegas-sized place. I wasn't expecting these huge on steroids hotel casinos they it shocked me how big it was is that do you think that's because it's sort of separated into a couple of distinct areas and that makes it feel like it's more separate i mean because obviously vegas has a lot of really big hotels too but nothing on that scale not that i remember they the i mean the malls in lots of malls the what is what is that hotel called the uh, big one? There's the, the, the Venetian Galaxy? Uh, Galaxy. Uh, Galaxy, yeah. Galaxy was crazy. Like, it takes like four days to get It's to massive. That yeah, thing. it's truly massive. And that they're building more is crazy. So, it was bigger than you expected it to be, or felt bigger than you expected it to be. Uh, but there's so much, this is your first time traveling in Asia, and I remember my first time, and I definitely had what I can just best describe as like culture shock. I mean, just because... You, these are human beings, but they do many things in very different ways. Um, I personally found that fascinating, and that's part of why I've been so interested in going back uh, again and again. But um, did you experience any of that? I mean, did it feel like you were... I, I think I said uh, maybe after the first or second trip, you know, it sort of felt like I was on Mars. Did you feel the same way, or did it feel more normal? Oh, it's completely different. Um, you know, I, I I've never felt... A language barrier like I did there. Right. Um, I had no. We had to point to things to <laughs> right. communicate. 
um, point to menu items. Um, it and we were Americans are definitely in the minority there. By far, yeah. But that being said, I never felt singled out. Like very nice people. Um, yeah. And super accommodating. I'm, I'm the 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 um, hotel staff, especially. They went out of their way to help you. Yeah. Um, remembering your order from the day before, all that stuff. Pretty impressive. At least I, I, I would say so. Yeah. I felt like royalty in those places. Right. Uh, that's something that we've talked about on the podcast. Just, you know, the, the level of service. Uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, I don't have to uh, sort of go into all that again, but... Um, you know, it, 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 at least as a sort of average consumer in the States, that's not something that you have access to. I mean, you know, like, like I think I said last time, I presume if, if you're a, a ultra high end customer, you can get that anywhere in the world. But, um, it was, uh, it was definitely on display in Macau. So traveled all that way. Do you have a single favorite thing about the trip? I have a couple of favorite things. I'd say that my least favorite things were the big hotels. What do you... Okay, so explain that. I guess... So for people that don't... That haven't met you, um, don't know sort of your take on... The, you... Is it fair to say you are not a huge fan of like the huge mega hotels and the lots of people and the big crowds? That's not really your thing. No. I don't like crowds and I, I have a problem with personal space. Um... This, the hotels were intimidating. And the casinos and the malls were intimidating. Those big casinos made it hard for me to even know which way was out. Um, so those were hard. Or, actually, I can't say hard. They were just... Stressful. They, they were stressful. It was yeah. high stress. Um, good way of putting it. Um, I did not gamble because... They are way serious about their gambling, and I was way intimidated yeah. to gamble. I mean, we pulled a little bit of those multi-point... The multi-real slots and multi-real stuff, Multi-real right? slots. Enzo, Enzo's making a special guest appearance on the show. Um, so, let's talk about... about uh, well, I think maybe I cut you off. So you were talking about how you didn't do gambling. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But what you had said you had a couple of favorite things. I love the old villages. Being American and not knowing what really old means right. was incredible. And I was completely... It's, it's beautiful and it's colorful. And um, I'd say I had two favorite spots um one was the city where the red market is yeah so that's on the macau peninsula um oh quick aside um <clears throat> i had never heard of a place called the red market but uh coincidentally the two weeks before we left on this trip uh the season finale of top chef the uh, american reality show was actually in macau so they had three episodes that were in Macau, and the very first of those episodes, they visit this place called the Red Market, and it's basically um, an open air. Uh, it's an, it's an enclosed building, but it's a sort of open open market for seafood and meat and vegetables as well. Um, it's on the peninsula. 
sort of, you know, a bit, a bit north, closer to the Inner Harbor, a bit north from someplace like, uh, like the Grand Lisboa. So, um, we, we made our way there, uh, I guess on the, the second day that we were there. Yeah, we walked all the way there and it, it was quite a long walk. There's a lot of uphill and we stopped at, um, some of those ancient the ruins of St. Paul, yeah, which is one of the big tourist attractions it's there. So beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. It just blows me away how old these places are. And the Portuguese influence and all that stuff. Just really, really interesting. And then we made our way to the Red Market. Um, I love that place. So explain what it is for people that maybe don't have any idea. And I guess... Um, if we're being politically correct, I guess you should say that this is a, a trigger warning for people that are yeah, oh, yeah, uh, if, upset about if, uh, if you are a animals being <laughs> slaughtered. If you're a vegetarian, don't go there. I'm not a. I mean, I'm a. I'm. I don't like seeing animals hurt or anything no, like well, that. And, um, but there was something just fascinating about it. this. Red Market is like an old factory building or something. It's three stories tall and or at least there's a basement and then two stories yeah um and it's situated in an open air like in the area of an open air market which features mostly like flowers and vegetables and produce and stuff like that you walk into the red market and it's the first thing you see is it's all seafood or yeah seafood and it's so fresh where their people are picking out living fish yeah and the vendors are scooping them out and putting them in bags, and they're still living. Or like the fish that they chop the head off two seconds before, yes. and it's still flopping around in the, the in the, the van. The fish heads are still living. <laughs> That's how fresh this is. Yeah. The other thing that was amazing about this, you'd think a seafood place like this would smell bad. It does not. It's that fresh that it, it's, and you, there's just, it's, I don't know what the square footage, but it's huge. And then you go up to the second story, and it's all meat. And you can buy any part of the meat. We saw whole pigs hanging. Yeah. We saw stuff that I didn't even know existed. But it was all red. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a cross between um, uh, the, your local grocery store and uh, a cadaver class in anatomy school. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it, you see everything there. But as you said, it really, you know, I walked through there. I... I am not a fan of blood personally, um, but I, you know, I thought it was actually quite fascinating too, just to see it. It's definitely a working meat and seafood market that is supplying, I think in many cases, a lot of the restaurants in the hotels, as well as, you know, the people that live in the area too. Um, but it was really fascinating to see something like that, um, that sort of felt like industrial in scale, something that you you don't see at your sort of typical American supermarket. Oh, never, never, never have I ever seen anything like that. And I just, I remember specifically, you know, these tiny women with cleavers the size of their thighs (laughs) chopping up various parts of meat in what seemed like to be ancient chopping blocks. And they're fierce. They're yeah. fierce with a knife. And and you know, of course, it's not just women, but it's it was it was just it was pretty cool. Really interesting to see. And like I said, it didn't smell, which makes me think it's very, very, very fresh. And and I just was fascinated by it. 
It was cool. I mean, it was something that uh, literally, if we hadn't seen that on TV, we wouldn't have known that it existed. But I'm totally glad that we checked it out because it was uh, it was an interesting trip. Yeah, so that was that was definitely a high point for. I know it sounds weird to see to say that people anim- chopping up animals is fascinating, but it was just a, a glimpse in their local culture. That I, I really I don't think that's that weird. Fast. People go to Seattle and they're excited to go to like Pike's was it Pike's Place Market or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like it's a similar kind of thing. Right? I mean, it's, it's, this was, I think, more, more more extreme in some ways, but it's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely a high point. Um, The other high point was in Taipa. Taipa, yeah. Another village that was, yeah. um, We walked around there, and that was fun to see all the street food vendors and, uh, you know, the, we found a tavern there. Yep. Yeah, so, um, sorry to interrupt, but one of the sort of ongoing themes was, Megan's a beer drinker, and um, Macau, you know, as we've talked about on the show, um, can be a little bit alcohol challenged, depending on what time of day it is, but they're very beer challenged. Um, and so, I knew that this place that's called the Old Type of Tavern, I knew it existed, I had not been there, but I'd seen it. And so we've, it was one of the things we had on the list because we were hoping that we'd get, get you a decent beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, even at the tavern where they, where they boast, I think it's Australian owned, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they boast IPAs. I'm, I don't know this, but their strongest IPA was like maybe 4%, which is pretty low. Yeah. Um, especially for an IPA. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's like Salt Lake City or Utah where there's a mm. limit on. I don't know. I don't know if it's a legal thing or if it's just to the local taste that it, it's just not, they don't like stronger beers. I don't know. I, I would doubt if there was a law, but I don't know either way. Well, I mean, that was by far the best beer I had, but I can't say it was good in any sense of the world. Yeah. Or, but it was nice to sit out on a tavern. It was comfortable for me. That was very... Something that was unusual and is unusual in Macau. What? How do you grade Macau beer? That's their local beer. Oh, man, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not, okay to give it a bad grade. I mean, it's not good. I like strong beer and or hoppy beer, beer with flavor, and that it was more on the line of like a Bud Light. Yeah, Bud Light, Corona ish. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so talked about the red market, talked about exploring Taipa and, um, some of the overall, um, architecture stuff. Yes. Oh, and Taipa. The other highlight was I am not an adventurous eater. Um, I wasn't about to try a lot of their street food, but you had told me, actually this was absolute must do was to have these pork chop sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, the place is not something that you would think that food would be, I don't know. This was a point of the menu type place. Yes, it is a point of the menu, and they had pictures. They did. Um, And so Hunter ordered ordered these pork chop sandwiches, and I I think I'd have, I thought I'd have a bite, but I had, I ate the whole thing. That thing was the best, hands down. Pork anyway, any cut, and who knew that a pork chop 
could be that tender. It was like butter. Yeah. I, I was absolutely dumbfounded by how good it was. That was definitely a highlight for sure. That <laughs> I So you ate most of yours. I ate mine. I think I ate the last little bit of, uh, or I started chewing the last little bit of what you had. Han was with us. He ate his. There was like a little scrap on the on the table when we were leaving and he's like, are you going to eat that? And he, he took <laughs> it and, and ate it because that that's just a testament to how good it was. The other thing that was amazing about that was I think the bill for three of us was like twelve dollars. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really inexpensive. Yes. Didn't have beer there though. They did not, which was disappointing. Um, so you talked about some some of the stuff that you like, but uh, and I, maybe you touched on this a bit uh, in terms of your least favorite stuff. But you know, the the crowds. Anything else that you stood out that was maybe worse than you expected, or just something that you didn't care for? Uh, traffic is a little scary there. Um. But they have tunnels that go under the big ones, and we took cabs. I never felt unsafe, but maybe that was because I was with you. Um, I never, like, like I said, never felt like I was being looked at funny. Um, I'd say the one thing, other than the crowds and the super long, huge malls, um, I definitely should have packed better. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you this specifically. So I think um, one of the things that there's a certain subset of the people that listen to this that are maybe considering going to Macau, and if you've never been to the part of the world or Macau in particular, they don't really know what to bring. So now that you've been, what would you do differently in that department? Well, first of all, I was expecting it to be way warmer than it was. We yeah. went in, you know, the second week of March. Um, it was just like our temperatures here in South, Southern California. Yeah. Um, so I, I packed a little light on that, which I was surprised. I got colder sooner <laughs> than I thought I would. Um, but the big issue is you have no idea how much you're going to be walking. Mm. And I brought a variety of sandals, like... You know, for those fashion people out there, I had wet. I didn't bring anything that were, like, super spiked heels or anything. Those you would die in um, if you wore stilettos, if you went outside the right. casino. Right, you could probably wear them around the casino. Yes. But, yeah, there's, I mean, the cow, especially on the peninsula, it's um, a lot of cobblestones. And um, on it's the Kotei part, it, you know, there's long walks. So not a comfortable place for bad shoes. Yes, so I made I made footwear mistakes on two counts. Number one, I, I did bring heels, even though they were wedges. You cannot navigate the cobblestone streets, even with wedge heels. So I took out... They were comfortable, and they're still comfortable to this day, but I would never wear heels there yeah. again. Um, the other mistake I went, brought... I brought new chucks, which I didn't know you had to break in chucks. Oh. Apparently you do, and those were like the only working shoes I had at the time. So I had to limp along with with some blisters. Um, so that was a shame. Do not bring heels, and if you bring shoes, make sure they're well worn in. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of vacation you go on, kind of trip you go on. But um, you know, if you are interested in exploring, especially. Um, on the peninsula to go and sort of see some of the sites. You're probably going to be doing some walking 
And um, on Kotai, even if you are basically walking between casinos, it's similar to walking Vegas Strip, the Vegas Strip, right? I mean, it's yes. like it's gonna, it's it's a fair amount of walking if you want to explore. Um, you talked about personal safety. Um, so it sounds like you never felt unsafe. Do you think, as a woman, do you think that um, that it's a? Did it feel like a safe place for women to be walking around? Did you feel apprehensive or nervous? I mean, most of the time, I think we were hanging out together. But just you know, in in general, did it? Did you feel unsafe? Never felt unsafe. You know, like I said, traffic there. There's people fly in their cars, so watch watch the traffic. Um, but as far as like personal safety, no, I wasn't afraid. But as a traveler in general, I wouldn't travel alone anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's just a preference by me. Yeah, sure. Um, I had you there. If if it was a, I think I'd be perfectly fine with. You know, a woman friend or what, whatever. Um, I just think alone is kind of risking it anywhere. Right, but you didn't feel any extra weird. No, no. Being in Macau. I yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I've been to a fair amount of places in the past where there's no way I would have gone out. You know, at dark. Right. Even with someone. Right. <laughs> so. This I I did feel very safe and like I said the people there are super nice. Um, and we walked around quite a bit, especially on the peninsula. I mean, way out of the normal tourist areas. We were in brick neighborhoods and um, just sort of going wherever. Yeah. It, it, it. I mean, I never felt sketched out. No. Um, it's it is the, the peninsula was big, and I without Hunter would have been lost there. Um. I, I lose my sense of direction very, very, very easy. And if I feel lost, I'll, I'll start to feel a little anxiety. But Hunter was there, so <clears throat> we... No, no, nothing big. And it's so pretty, the colors and the vendors. And, and it's just, it's a beautiful place to go. So you have been fortunate enough to visit... A lot of different places. You've been to Australia, South Africa, other parts of Europe. Um, this is your first time in Asia. Um, we spent most of our time in Macau, a little bit of time in Hong Kong. Um, but does that, what do you think about the region? Are you interested in going back? I, I mean, I, I, I felt like um, I didn't have to talk you into it, but I, I never felt like this was really your first choice. Um, in terms of vacation spots, uh, any interest in visiting other parts of that region, or do you feel like uh, you've done that for a while? I think I've done that for a while. Um, <clears throat> like I said earlier, I'm really not an adventurous eater, and that language bar barrier was was kind of hard. We ate, we had like six hours to spare in Hong Kong, and we spent that time. <laughs> Literally trying to find a place that sells beer and food. The, I feel like we actually should go into this in a little bit more detail because it's. I think it's actually kind of funny. So our our very last day, um, the last night we stayed at Morpheus, and then we got up in the morning and um, had them take us to the um, bus depot. So we we took the bus over the um, uh, over the bridge into Hong Kong. We had a very long line 
at immigration when we got into the oh, Hong Kong yeah, side. Very that was long. Not good. There was probably like I don't know, five hundred people in line. I mean, it was. Uh, I don't think I'm exaggerating. There was quite a few. It was long, long line. We came at rush hour, I guess. Um, but yeah. the our idea was we would go to the, the bus area is right next to the airport, so we figured we'd go to the airport, drop off our bags, and we had a I think a six fifty or six thirty p.m. flight or something like that. So figured we could actually go into Hong Kong, do a few things, and then come back, and it'd be a, a way to spend a little bit, a little bit more time. Um, that's not exactly what happened. No, like I said, I I get irritable. I don't. I'm not <laughs> saying this isn't on you. Uh, well, well, why don't you describe it? It was hectic. Um, super busy. I I regret not wanting to explore more than we did. Um, we kind of... There was that train station mall that we had to work our way up from. And this, yeah. these malls just go on and on forever. This was a planning fail on my yeah. part, honestly. I, I, I own this one. We, um, we took the Airport Express uh, to Kowloon, and it ends up in a giant... You know, the train station is underneath a giant shopping mall. And I was figuring, I looked at the map, and I'm like, oh, well, we'll just come out of the mall, and we'll go, you know, walk a couple blocks, and there's, like, a shopping district over there. We'll ch they'll check that out. It'll be easy to kind of walk around for an hour or two. Um, getting out of the mall was actually really complicated. <laughs> um, and there were a bunch of signs, and I think at one point, like, we turned around and went back the other way. I mean, it was it it was frustrating. Um, so I don't, I don't blame you for being a little bit irritated. I... I uh, <clears throat> I wish I would have planned that out a little bit better because by the time we got onto the street, we were quickly running out of time. Yeah, and I think there was one point where you know I I just wanted to sit down, eat lunch or dinner or whatever it was, lunch, um, and have a have a bad tasting beer. Yeah. Um, so that was my requirements, and we walked around. There was there's plenty of small little restaurants but um i i don't it was it was almost chaotic at least and from my point of view hong oh, kong yeah. is chaotic it's like new york on crack hong kong is amazing i to be fair to hong kong you, you only got to see a very small very small oh, slice yeah of i mean as far as i we walked it was we we walked around in circles too so we like i said i regret not feeling more. I was a little uptight and a little antsy and I regret not wanting to really check out what they had there. Yeah, I, we could have planned that better. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing I think could have could have been better. Ultimately what we ended up doing, we were sort of going street block by block looking for a place to eat and passing a, a lot of restaurants but like, you know, a lot of them were um, very small uh, local restaurants for serving Chinese food and a lot of it was the kind of thing where you look at the menu and you don't even know what it is um, and yeah. that's not really what we were looking for yeah well, so we kind of ended up in places we did we ended up in a place sort of middle of the road where um, it was a lot of uh, pointing at menus we had a, a we sat down and uh, I think a, a nice woman thought that she was helping us out um, <laughs> yes. but she, so she, she she was just another customer sitting at a different table she comes over and she can tell that we, you know, we don't probably don't look like we uh, fit in as much as maybe someone else. But we, she could tell that we were sort of looking a little bit confused. And 
The thing is, though, I don't think she fully understood what we were saying, and so, or didn't understand the menu or something. She, it was like trying to translate Chinese through like a broken phone or something. It was, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was very confusing. Um, and we kind of just ended up with like, oh, well, well, we'll get what we get. We'll see how it goes. And what, yeah. what did you end up getting? Uh, I don't know. I just pointed to the first menu option, the meal option. Um, it turned out to be ramen with a piece of meat on it. But you also got like an egg and like a... Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. It came, with eggs, came with scrambled eggs and ham. Yeah. Which was... Like an omelet on the side. Well, it was scrambled eggs with a slice of ham on it. That's weird. And, um, and then ramen with an unknown cut of meat yeah. in it. Um, uh, it. It was not... I think it was like Chinese fast food. It was not great. I mean, it, it, you know, it was it was not the best. It literally no. looked like top ramen with. It was not great. Meat. It was not great. I can't. I the ordered. Eggs were good. I I got a sandwich. I think it was. I mean, it was fine. We ate. We neither neither one of us. Um, we, we got our beer too. We had beer. Neither one of us got sick anywhere that we ate in the entire trip. No, right. I we mean, did not. So that was you know that was good, especially compared to. I guess as Californians we're used to in Mexico, and that's always something you're worried about when you're eating or eating food or drinking water in, in Mexico. Um, none of that was a concern to Macau at all. I never no. worried about it, and I didn't have any problems. No, no problems at all in that department. Um, that was another thing that the um, China culture was. I am not one for breakfast, mm. but china you order full-on dinners for breakfast the i mean i was like can i just get some fruit so hunter i remember you loving these breakfasts because dumplings, there's man. pork dumplings yeah. there's full-on noodle dishes fried pork everything and you know i'm i'm the silly american that wants you know scrambled eggs and well they had that too yes they did but these were at the buffet, so I yeah. don't know what I... Um, speaking of food, I guess before we before we finish up, um, we had a couple of notable meals. Um, Indeed. Anything in particular that you wanted to mention? Well, the one at the Grand Lisboa, I can never remember. Yeah, Robuchon Adom Adom. Yes, not Chinese in any way. No, it's French. French. But, oh my goodness, I was not expecting that. I was expecting, you know, a, a, was it a pre-fee kind of thing? Yeah, a fixed price menu. Um, and I was expecting, you know, the gourmet dishes with like a spoon of something and you get like four of that and you're done and you're left hungry. But this place, okay, the view notwithstanding, that place was epic. I mean... It's worth the money. It's not as expensive as I would have thought. First time I looked at it and I saw like the the small option which was, you know, two appetizers and entree and a dessert or something like that was $800. And I was at first, actually for a while I was thinking there this is ridiculous. We should not do this. Um then Han informed me that it was 800 Hong Kong dollars. Hong Kong dollars, yes. which I felt better, a lot better about. Because actually, you know, it. I think it was a little bit underpriced. Yeah. So lunch at Robichon is, um, my understanding is, you know, it's basically the same menu, but it's less expensive. 
Uh, so I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it was amazing. Yes, I had, I had the best hamachi. I had the best wine I think I've ever drank my whole life. I wish I could have. We looked the bottle up, and it turned out to be yeah, unattainable by expensive normal people. Yeah. Um, but we left there completely full. Like it was, they're small portions, but it was super rich and. It was a three-hour meal. I mean, we were there for a long time. Yes, and that's <laughs> kind of ruined my. I was very much looking forward to our special order of Peking duck. Yeah, so we had pre-ordered uh, Peking duck, which they uh, delightfully call Beijing duck. Um, at Wing Lei at uh, Win Macau, and that's something that you have to order in advance. Uh, it serves two people, and they do the tableside carving. And we had set that up stupidly for the same day that we were having lunch at Robichon. So the we, I guess we we probably me. I mean, I I probably did this. Um, that oh, we'll do Robichon, and then we'll go and do the other thing, and that was a lot. Who would have? I mean, no, that was. Who would have thought? I mean, I literally thought we would and leave Robichon not full. We were... It was nap time for me. Um, but then the Peking Duck was my request. That I really wanted this Peking Duck. Because um, I, I just love duck. It's so good. So I was really looking forward to this. And we sit down and they come out and they carve the duck for you. There's like two, at least two people there. One's carving the duck and one's wrapping them in Chinese tortillas and stuff like that. I had one bite and I was done. Yes. And so yeah. it kind of, kind of ruined it. And I, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, but it's funny because the, this was like where we got the bad side of the super hands-on service because they are super attentive and watching you and they know, they're like, wait, is everything okay? What are you, what, do you want more, something <laughs> yes. different? Do you want something more? Like, and you, you know, you can't really be like, no, I'm just really full. I don't want this. I mean, it, at least I think we felt like we needed to try and eat as much as we could. So what happened was I had a, three, a quor of three quarters of a duck um, <laughs> and I was very full. Yes. It was good. Um, the other, uh, cuisine that I absolutely had a blast with was um, that Portuguese place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, we went to uh, to Miramar with a friend of the show, uh, Lino, who we've discussed, and um, had a, a sort of authentic Portuguese lunch, which was amazing. It was, it was, it really was incredible. I can't remember what we had. It was... We had, um, I think... There were a few dishes, so we had yeah. uh, a clam dish, and really the star of the clams is this garlic butter sauce, the, this cream sauce that it swims in, um, uh, and that was amazing, and I think we had some codfish, I think, and... Yeah, there was, that was the main thing that we had. And then, um, yeah, there was there was some other stuff, too. I, I would have to look at my notes. But, I, I mean, I it, it, would, it was about a half-hour drive. Maybe a little bit less than that, but yeah, we yeah. So it was in it's in Cologne, so it's uh, we were at uh, 
at Wind Palace, and so we took the drive over the hill, and it's sort of a different world. Um, it, it feels very divorced from the whole casino part of the part of this part of the world. Yeah, we had a view of the ocean. Yeah, and um, sat on the balcony, and and that really you know was fantastic. And basically telling us what was good, we trusted him, and it was another memorable moment. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was fun. I mean, it's it's uh, always fun to to see friends, um, and food was the food was great. That was my my second time there, and I'm really glad that we got to go back because it was tasty. Yes, it was very much so. I guess um, anything that you want to add. Um, I would say if you get the chance, if you're thinking about it, it's definitely worth going. For me, it's not going to be a every year. Not a thing. not a three times in three and a half years. Yeah, no, I, I I had a lot of fun, but it was hard to get there. Yeah, and, it's a long way. And um, yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was a great time. We had stuff to do every day. I got the best massage I think I've ever gotten my whole life there. Um, but it was it's like I said, it's uh, very busy, um, very crowded, not too much personal space. Um, so I am definitely not going to Shanghai anytime soon, if that's any indicator of that. Well. <laughs> You never know. I, Shanghai is a, a cool place. I wish uh, I look forward to exploring it more. But uh, I'm glad. I'm very glad that, for the record, oh, hey Enzo, for the record, uh, I'm very glad that you came along this time and got to see what it was all about. Me too. Oh, that was one of this. Is maybe have to be edited, but one of the fascinating things I found out. And maybe this is in China proper too, but. I remember leaving one morning and going through one of the underground bridge, underground tunnels, uh-huh. and there being this amazing piece of street oh. art, <laughs> and and it was. I mean, I, I, on hindsight, I wish I took a picture of this. Yeah. Because you don't see that. You don't. It was very bright. It was in the tunnel, obviously done late at night, sometime or early morning, and then when we got back. Maybe four or five hours later, it's gone. Yep. We, I think we saw the guy removing it, didn't we? No. There was nothing there. It was gone. So they definitely take... They don't want... There's there's very little trash. There's very little Yeah. graffiti. Um, but I wish I had taken a picture of that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um Definitely no, yeah, that no graffiti, no trash, as you said. I mean, even, um, and I'm sure there's homeless people like there are everywhere else in the world. And just knowing the massive disparity in income, um, that somehow that stuff is not visible to the tourists. So I don't know exactly how that works, but um, it, it, I mean, I, I don't, I don't pretend to believe that it, it doesn't exist, but. Um, it uh, it isn't something that you see. I mean, here here in Santa Barbara, where we live, you walk down uh, the main street, State Street, and it's a beautiful place, lots of restaurants. But you you'll see homeless people just chilling. Um, 
because you know they they are here like they're like they're everywhere else. We have that same set of problems. We didn't I didn't see that in Macau, so I, I don't know what exactly that means. But yeah, no, we I actually I didn't see any of it. I mean, it's it's very old but very clean city, and I wouldn't try to get away with defacing anything in that no. city. Um, you would be in big trouble. As, a, as an American visiting, I wouldn't recommend breaking any local <laughs> no. laws, just in general. But Keep that's, it clean. That's my personal. All right. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for giving your perspective. I think uh, people will be interested in hearing what you have to say. No problem.